May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be always acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Well, the, uh, the Anglican tradition, like all Christian traditions with roots in the ancient church, is a sacramental tradition. We all know that here. Our catechism defines a sacrament as an outward sign, outward and visible sign of an inward and spiritual grace given unto us, ordained by Christ himself, as a means whereby we receive the same and a pledge to assure us thereby. What a mouthful, right? You can find that on page 581 of the Catechism in the Prayer Book. But what that means is that along with the reading and preaching of the Word of God, we see the sacraments as a means of grace, as one of the means of grace. The sacraments are one of the ways that God gives us his grace. Sometimes Christians from non-sacramental traditions assume that the sacraments are works of obedience rather than means of grace. They assume that the sacraments are something that we Christians do to earn God's grace um, or in some other way to earn God's favor rather than assuming or than realizing that they are something that God uses to give us grace. It's not so much something that we do for God, but something God does for us. And this assumption is, of course, why uh, those folks are non-sacramental. But today's lesson from Romans chapter 6 shows us how the sacrament of baptism is a means of grace to unite us to Christ and to separate us from sin. So let's open our Bibles to Romans chapter 6, verse 3. Romans 6, 3, and you can find that in your prayer book on page 197. Romans 6, verse 3. Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. So what happens in our baptism? Well, we are baptized into Christ. That is, we're united to Christ in our baptism. We're baptized into his death and buried with him, which means that our our sinful flesh dies with Christ. We are raised from spiritual death, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father. Because of all that, because of all of those facts, we should then, we are called to walk in newness of life. So notice that all of the action on our part happens after the action on God's part. Before we do anything, something is done to us. No one baptizes himself, right? If you need to get baptized, you don't just go find some water and baptize yourself. It doesn't work that way. Rather, on behalf of the church, someone baptizes you, whether the priest or in cases of emergency, a layman or a deacon, right? In the same way, we don't unite ourselves to Christ's death and resurrection. Rather, we we are buried. Something happens to us. We are buried with him and God raises us up to new life. And we're then commanded to walk in newness of life because we have been baptized, not in order to be baptized. Let's pick up with verse 5. 
For if we have been planted together in likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. For he that is dead is freed from sin. So because our old nature has been crucified with Christ, we now have new life in Christ's resurrection. When we're baptized into Christ, our old self is killed and we are freed from sin. We no longer belong to sin. We now belong to God. By means of baptism, God gives us his grace to live free from sin. Now, we all know that it is certainly true that we continue to sin after baptism. Um, Nobody is free from that, unfortunately. But, nevertheless, we are not ruled by sin the way that we were prior to our baptism, prior to coming to Christ, prior to being united with Christ. Now, there are two extremes into which we can fall when it comes to sin after baptism. On the one hand, the one extreme says that Christians are ex-sinners due to baptism, due to our conversion, and therefore we are able to be sinless after baptism. We don't need to have confession and absolution. We don't need to come before God with our sins because that's really not who we are anymore. And theoretically, at least, we can live free from sin. Now, any of us that have been Christians for any amount of time realizes the silliness of that position. It just don't work. (laughs) Right? The only way for a Christian to end up completely sinless on this side of life is if we end up trying to redefine sin. (laughs) We, this is what the Pharisees did, right? This is, this is the way legalism works. You end up redefining sin. So either, um, on the one hand, you're going to make up new rules You're going to make up new commandments that God didn't command, things that you can keep. And then the things of God's law that you can't keep, you're going to somehow minimize or sideline or bypass those, say that though they don't really mean what they actually say that it means. That's, again, that's what the Pharisees did. It's easy to fall into that trap. The other extreme, the other extreme is to conclude that post-baptismal sin is unforgivable. We don't really see that very often these days, but this was a, this was a common thing um, in, in, among some of the earliest Christians, um, which resulted in folks delaying their baptism, delaying their entry into the church, delaying their conversion until their deathbed, because they were afraid that if they had time to sin, they would, and therefore they, they'd end up damned. <laughs> Again, we don't really see that very much these days, but what we do see from time to time is folks who really like their sin so much that they're going to wait to come into the church. You know, kind of the, the um, almost legendary or apocryphal or, 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 or um, you know, kind of pop culture version of this is the, uh, the gangster, the mafioso, who though he's in kind of a Catholic background, he says, okay, I want to keep doing my mob stuff until, I, until my deathbed, right? And so he, he, uh, he puts that off. Neither one of these things are the way that it works uh, for post-baptismal sin. And in fact, our 39 Articles of Religion do address this. Um, article, specifically article number 16, which you can find on page 605 in your prayer book. Article number 16. 
Not every sin, not every deadly sin willingly committed after baptism is a sin against the Holy Ghost and unpardonable. Wherefore, the grant of repentance is not to be denied to such as fall into sin after baptism. After we have received the Holy Ghost, we may depart from grace given and fall into sin. And by the grace of God, we may arise again and amend our lives. And therefore, they are to be condemned, which say they can no more sin as long as they live here or deny the place of forgiveness to such as truly repent. In other words, repentance is always offered because sin is always a danger. One article back, number 15, it says that all we the rest, that is all of us who are not Jesus, (laughs) all we the rest, although baptized and born again in Christ, yet offend in many things. And if we say we have no sin, we we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. So what's the solution? Well, the solution, of course, is new life in Christ. Let's pick up in verse 8 of our passage, Romans 6, 8. Now, if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ, being raised from the dead, dieth no more, death hath no more dominion over him. For in that he died, he died unto sin once, but in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Likewise, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. The key to getting better, the key to sanctification, and as we remember, um, our Trinity Tide is all about sanctification, right? That's what what the focus of the Trinity Tide readings is. So the key to sanctification, getting better, the key to dying to sin is being alive in Christ. In our catechism, back on page uh, 581, we're told that for baptism to be effective, People need, quote, repentance whereby they forsake sin and faith whereby they steadfastly believe the promises of God made to them in the sacrament. So we've already talked about repentance. But what about faith? What is faith? Well, our catechism just told us believing God's promises. Faith is trusting in God to save you. In Isaiah 57, verse 13 through 15, and that's our... um, That's our assigned Old Testament lesson for morning prayer for today. Isaiah 57, verse 13, we read this. He, and this is about halfway through the verse. He that putteth his trust in me shall possess the land and shall inherit my holy mountain. And they shall say, cast ye up, cast ye up, prepare the way, take up the stumbling block out of the way of my people. For thus saith the high and lofty one that inhabiteth eternity, whose name is holy. I dwell in the high and holy place with him also that is of a contrite and humble spirit to revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite ones. So revival, which means new life. Revival of the spirit and revival of the heart. New life of the spirit, new life of the heart comes from God's indwelling. Isaiah here said that God dwells in his majesty on high, but he also dwells with the contrite and humble. He dwells with the one who trusts in him. 
In our baptism, we are humbled to the point of death to self, to the point of death to sin. The call to be a Christian is indeed the call to come and die. But it's a call that comes with a promise, the promise of new life, free from slavery to the world, the flesh, and the devil. And so as we continue our Trinity Tide journey towards sanctification, towards getting better (laughs) in our Christian walk, remember that we do so as those who have been buried with Christ and raised with him. We do so as those who are dead to sin and alive to Christ. We do so as those who have been baptized. And we say this in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost.